raise a great point because it's a, you raise a great point because that's the first thing that I've said to my wife is that, you know, this is how you know when your alternative media is mostly rubbish because these alternative media sites, certainly I understand they don't have men on the ground everywhere uh, as reporters, so to speak, probably, you know. Uh, I don't know the Alex Joneses and the, you know, the Real American News and the OAN and the Newsmax, but they certainly have to have something in place. And so how is it that people on Facebook um, can, can send out a video comprising, you know, mostly a dozen individuals or thereabouts from different parts of the country with the same general information regarding the letter from the Department of Ag Agriculture uh, indicating that they are to destroy crops. Now, the problem that I have with the video, which is what I always do with this stuff, I always hold it up a little bit. I did send it out to you. I sent it out to a few other key people. Good evening, Isaac. And, uh, um, so anyhow, basically, Isaac might know he's in an agricultural area too, um, but the indication is is that they're receiving letters from the Department of Agriculture to go out and destroy uh, their crops. Now, two things jump at me, first of all, is why is it that nobody takes that letter, lays it down on a table, and makes a video of it so you can read the letter, number one. Go ahead and, you know, put a piece of tape over the, the party that it's sent to. Cover up a, a number that could be attached to your address. Whatever you feel you need to do to make some protection for yourself. But if you want credibility, you've got to do something that gives the credibility. All right, now, number two, most of these farmers are connected to the HIP with some kind of a federal program that they've signed on for, whether it's the Not Growing Crops program or it's whatever program, or if you're, you know, you're allowing your, your woods to be harvested under a government agency program for a tax incentive or a no tax incentive, whatever the case may be. Whatever you're tied by the hip to whatever federal agency and so forth, you're gonna have situations where you're, you're gonna be looking at um, being told what to do, given a directive about what it is that you should do um, in order to be in compliance with the program, or um, you're being groomed for the next program. So let's say, for example, and this was an email that I sent back to the party that had sent me this as well, as I said, look, here's the situation. You're, you're, you're receiving a government, uh, you're involved with a government program where you're receiving some uh, incentive or you're receiving some subsidy or whatever. So they send you out the letter, but you don't know if the letter says if you if you do this um, for a thousand acres, um, we will enroll you in this program, and this program is going to be the Green New Deal program, so to speak, 
and you know we'll be you'll be in a list of of uh, of acreage that not only the 3030 plan that that is discussed in the video and if you know anything about that that there the government is now indicating that they want to return uh 30% of the lands back to natural state etc whatever um well you can tell what they're going to do with this is is it's going to be for green lands, green new deal lands, et cetera. So if we're going to put, uh, encourage you to do this to a thousand acres of your, of your 5,000 acre spread or 2000 acre or whatever the number is, and then you'll enroll a certain acreage into the green program, then we'll put some, uh, um, you know, some, um, windmills up or we'll put some solar panels up or whatever. And then, you know, we'll pay you, you know, what would be the normal price for what you're receiving on crops plus, you know, 10% or plus 2% or whatever. So, hey, people start scratching their head because money is the root of all evil, the love of it. So any of these positions, I don't know, I'm speculating and I'm stating it clearly for the record, for the recording. I'm stating specifically that I would bet dollars to donuts that if you were to get the legitimate information on this, you'd find out a lot of these farmers that are receiving that letter are somehow tied to the hip, involved in a subsidy program or uh, such and such. And so it appears as if we're just going out here and we're destroying acres. Don't get me wrong. I bet that they would clearly do that and create a shortage of food in the country have no doubt the depths of their depravity but my sense is that i would expect that something like that is more likely going on the guy dumping the oil i don't understand at all because that makes no sense at all because you can bet your bottom dollar somebody's going to drive down the thing make a phone call to somebody say there's oil being dumped in, in, in the ditch. So that one makes no sense to me at all. So that's why I generally don't send this stuff out till I've had at least some opportunity myself to use common sense and reasoning. So I'm not fueling the insidiousness of somebody who's, and, and I know that these guys do this, these trolls are sitting out here everywhere um, to create these kinds of, you know, videos and these kind of incendiary things to to get people to react to them so that you know we get the next level of escalation of whatever so all of it i get it it's got to be taken into consideration and we have to be cautious with it uh, but we do know the 3030 program does exist we do know what the intention is with that we do know the intention is to take 30% of the land and return it to some ostensible, you know, green program or whatever. And, and that's just the thing. What is the green program or the environmental program that they've got in mind? So um, that's just my response to the video that I'd sent out. It's uh, for any of you just joining wow. and stuff. It's a, it's a group of, farmers and one guy in in transportation of oil and and there's apparently been letters sent out to farmers to destroy fields and there are literal people 
who are being hired to go on farms, mow the farms down, or mow the field crops down, um, take heavy equipment and drive it to the ground for tilling it in, et cetera. And guys are expressing they don't know why it's, you know, being done and why they're being hired to do these things, but they are. And well, I, well, another, I guess I wonder why they wouldn't just wait until the end of the season and there wouldn't be anything there at the end of the season. And then it well, would be more well, covert if you wanted to make it covert. Right. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, does it? it, it because it then it's wonder. just. I mean, we see fields down here where. Uh, I, I live in the farm fields in Illinois, and it, they're mostly planted. There might be there are a few fields here and there that won't be planted on a particular year. And you know, I always drive by one of those and wonder, like, oh, I wonder what happened to that one. Why did that one ever get planted? But. Um, I don't see anything like that around here, and I would think uh, if you wanted to do something like that, you'd wait until the fields get harvested, and then then send your checks out, because then yeah. you don't have you don't have your fields getting ripped out, and people wondering why that's happening. And, well, and, and go ahead, Russell. Watch as ugly as that is. I was sort of referring to the German doctor that put the vaccine under the microscope. That video. Oh sure. Oh, you were referring to uh, that one. So you probably. So yeah. you're not. You're not. Re- I I don't know if I've seen the farm one, but can y'all hear me? Well, that, yeah, that was sent to can y'all hear on me on the okay? phone about. And I was sent to you on your phone about an hour ago. Okay, I haven't seen that, but I'm here right. to tell you it ought to be easy for somebody to check out the German doctor. Yes. Wouldn't you think? Yes. Uh, it comes on, what was it, BitChute? What, what was the, yeah. Yeah, that the was vehicle on that carried that stuff? Yeah, I'm skeptical of just about everything on the internet, but but I I want you to consider this. Just consider it. They okayed a third vaccine, so that means the first two didn't work. And we must never assume that everybody's getting the same vaccine across the nation. Because it would be no problem whatsoever to send a saline solution to one hospital in, let's say, Maryland, maybe uh, around the Beltway, uh, and send another uh, batch to Mississippi, Louisiana, or, or Florida, or Texas, because they pretty much know where the enemy is now, don't they? Their enemy. Yes. Yes. And that DeSantis guy, he uh, he's he's fighting back. I don't know. I don't know how real he is, but from what I've seen, he's he's standing up.
And, yep. and the hero's playing golf somewhere. You know, the guy that created it. Somewhere in the country club playing golf. So life has been pretty good for him. Or given a rally. Yeah. Well. All right. So, and, uh, so the video, the video that Russell is describing, is a video that I sent out uh, to uh, uh, 175 people, um, or thereabouts, regarding uh, the blood is now being reviewed in a German laboratory or a German doctor's office. Uh, she's been seeing patients come in and. And she's been drawing blood, and she's been looking at it. And uh, there's a Fulmer who is a class action lawyer in Germany, and he's been involved pretty much from the beginning. You've probably seen him on several videos in the past year, um, you know, wanting to, you know, get into, you know, some kind of a legal class action suit or whatever on this whole deal. But um, I don't know who the attorneys were that she had in her office and who the other doctors were to verify what she was looking at and so forth. But again, I haven't had time to look at it. I went ahead and sent it out and just gave the caveat that I was not able to to spend the time necessary to see if I could get an original source video, which would mean the doctor herself in Germany and and be able to confirm that. So I think it is very interesting because we've talked about it here even. The first thing you do when you have a disease or you have something going on and you go to the hospital because it isn't the common cold and you've got something else going on, the first thing they do is draw blood and and get your blood looked at to see if they can see anything in the blood that might give an indication what you're dealing with. And that hasn't been done at all, yet they keep calling this thing a disease 90% of the time, and the other 10% of the time, they call it a, a virus. But uh, so that to me has always been curious and interesting. And when are the doctors going to start doing this, you know? And why didn't anybody take one of these vaccines when it started coming out and do their own investigation about what's in the vaccine? or, you know, whatever they can determine and, and other things like that. So it looks as if somebody started to do it. So um, all we can do, uh, since we're not doctors and since we're not biologists, is we can sit here and try to review the information. Uh, we, we live understanding our God and know that he has made us a wonderful uh, machine a fearful and wonderful machine that would pump blood at the rate of two and a quarter tons a day and it would beat hundred some odd times a minute and it was a little pump less than you know six inches in length and four inches in diameter and that little pump just keeps going year in and year out for 40 50 60 70 80 100 years and man hasn't devised a pump near as efficient as that pump. So we know we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we know that we have natural immunities. And so we're trying to give God the benefit of the doubt, even when it comes to man's own devices, 
being disseminated and distributed out into the society. So uh, we're in we're in some really uh, uh, um, informational times, and we're seeing the enemies everywhere. And there's go ahead. There's another observation. We uh, at a minimum we could call it perilous times, or or let's call it cautious times we're in. And yet, I don't know about other people's uh, city governments and taxi entities, but where I live, it's as if they uh, just woke up and headed to the Christmas tree because they are wanting to jack taxes way up. And the reason that every school in this town is getting $2 million AstroTurf facelift because it costs... They're saying it costs more to water the grass than the astroturf. Well, who do you think says that? You know, when are people going to catch on to sales pitches and con jobs? They're everywhere now. And and their famous thing is, if you question it, you're a buffoon. Have you noticed that? Yeah. yeah I think they're long enough for that COVID money, that $3 trillion. They want a chunk of it. They're they're wanting to pass bond election after bond election, and when we vote them down, they do this thing called uh, where they just uh, they just do it. They don't care about the voters. They got a new word for it, uh, and they just yep. they just do a twenty five million dollar deal. And say we know we know what's best for the city, and. And if they can rig an election in Minnesota, they can rig one anywhere they need it rigged with this computerized bullcrap. And so don't think don't think they won't use it in California if they need to or anywhere else. That idiot from New York was just, he was unsalvageable. You know, and you can bet he rides off into the sunset with lots of money. Talking about their lying, murdering governor. Yeah, we got one of them too. Didn't he win an award? Why don't we play that up more? He won an Emmy for something or a Grammy or something for killing people. And that seemed to just just go by unnoticed. I mean, how how can you imagine they gave him that award? The award for most murders in a senior citizen home goes to the governor of New York. (laughs) The lion cheating, woman molesting, whatever his name is. He never did anything. Cuomo, he never did anything wrong. He, he was a little too friendly, but nothing wrong. Well, that's just how he is, guys. He's well, he married one of Bobby Kennedy's uh, sisters. 
Are they still married? No, they get they get she got caught with a ten, her tennis pro. See, I didn't know that about him, but not that it makes any difference. Yeah, there was about fifteen years ago. All of those political people are incestuous. They all are interrelated and integrated amongst themselves. And they love to point their finger at, at Arkansas or, or Virginia and make jokes. Nothing is as disgustingly incestuous as the D.C. area and the Martha's Vineyard area. You know, they're just one stacked on top of another. You know who that Andrea Mitchell Jewel reporter's married to? Alan Greenspan. And uh, it's... Talk about an ugly take, couple. Yeah, take your pick. Oh, look at Cuomo's family. Look at the Kennedy family. Take, you know... So anyway, yeah. Doug, uh, uh, what do you think God has to say about it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Uh, he has an opinion. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's just the thing is he does have something to say about it, but uh, apparently, um, you know, while we are seeing people that are waking up, we see people that seem to be striking at the branches, um, the root of the problem is is uh, very rarely anywhere in the vicinity of those hacking at the branches. And just like the videos that I'm talking about, the farmers mowing down fields, killing, you know, uh, you know, uh, devastating the crops uh, by some kind of an order of the FDA. Um, money, money. This this thing of money is just not understood, and I, it isn't where I intended to go tonight. But I had a revelation today. And the revelation that I had today was the two witnesses in Revelation. It says that the two witnesses' power will exceed that of the beast and the false prophet for three and a half years. And I was thinking of this three and a half years that we're in here with the Bible, but the thought occurred to me about the two witnesses. And this is just just totally out of things that I've studied and you know, totally out of the box, so to speak, the things that I've read myself, studied myself, and things you know regarding the book of Revelation. But the thought occurred to me today, I just wonder if the two witnesses aren't Ephraim and Manasseh. And now, as I say, that just goes 
I don't even have time to flush this out or vet this out or anything, but it just occurred to me. I had been in a funk for the last three weeks here, quite frankly, about anything that the spirit was leading me into or, you know, inspiring me to a thought on because I, I really wasn't. And, and you've noticed it probably from the fellowships. Um, and uh, when we look at professing Christians today, I think they have little, if any, understanding of their Puritan forefathers' beliefs and understanding of the, their Christian kingdom dominion attitude uh, when they came here to the North American continent. And it's definitely true what Isaiah records, who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I sent. So when we think about who is God's servant, and it definitely is biblical Israel, and who is that messenger, or deaf as the messenger that he sent, um, professing Christians around the world they they can no longer be as one that is blind and as those who are unable to hear because the visible signs of their continual neglect of their known duty and obligation to the divine will are profoundly evident. There's just no escaping it. It is everywhere. Anyone with any eyes at all can see and any ears at all can hear and understand what it is that is happening the world over. And so here you've got these audible sounds of the messengers and they're ever resounding as Russell said, what does God have to say? Well, the only place I have to go to find out what God has to say is to the prophets or to the Bible. And instinctively, the Christians the world over recognize the intense desire of the wicked to rewrite Americans' Christian history and Europe's Christian history and even cloak it in, you know, constitutionalism or democracy or whatever. So I did spend a little time in Isaiah. I was in chapters 41 and 42, and of course, 41, 42 is where the scripture 42:19, who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observe not, opening the ears, but hearing not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivers for a spoil, and none says, restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear of the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his laws. 
Let's back up a little bit to Isaiah chapter 26. I think that's where it was. Yeah. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So it tells me that when the judgments of God are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Now, it's just me, you guys. I happen to believe that. And I don't see his judgments in the earth. And so I find it no comedy that the world cannot learn righteousness. I heard a soundbite today, just before the 12 o'clock hour, I believe it was, Central Time, on the uh, bifurcated Rush Limbaugh program. So in my area, it was Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino uh, aired a soundbite from a documentary that was done on Afghanistan. So it was probably a PBS documentary or an ABC, PBS, NBC, whatever. <clears throat> and the soundbite was not more than 30 seconds long. But basically, you had a soldier, an American soldier, berating an Afghani soldier for not being in the duty line for the call of duty as was proscribed. He was late. And so the the Marine says to him, I, I said 8.30. You know, I did not say arrive at 8.30, and he didn't have a helmet on, he didn't have this, he didn't have that, and then it cuts loose cuts to the soundbite, and the guy says, it's like leading 26 children. Okay, and then a little later on, another soundbite, part of the soundbite says, and and I suspect if we gave a drug test to the Afghani uh, uh, soldiers here, <clears throat> I don't remember the percentage, but let's just say it was 80% of them, you know, would have to have to go home or would not, you know, be able to... to be in the service. Why is that any surprise to anybody? But the minute you start talking this kind of a thing or anything, well, of course, this is white supremacy, you see. This is, this is white uh, privilege. This is, uh, um, what did they, what's the other word that they use? Um, um, and I can't help it. But this Bible, from the time I flip the pages in Exodus, which bring me the creation of Adam, through the rest of the Bible, it is about a people from the loins of Adam 
And it is about a people and their relationship with God, whom God appears to have created and commissioned to be something to the world that he did not do with any of the others. Now, I can't help it if you don't like that. But if you can show me where I'm missing something from Exodus chapter, Genesis chapter 9 to the end of the book, I'd be happy to hear it. So if, if, if Christians instinctively recognize there's this intense desire of the wicked to rewrite America's Christian history, they better look at the fact that it's being cloaked in constitutionalism, it's being cloaked in democracy, it's being cloaked in capitalism, it's being cloaked in every other thing other than the will of the Creator. Amen. Just like I laid out in the audio that I uploaded and recorded for the archives, those prophets Isaiah and Micah that I talked about, where is Isaiah's Jerusalem? Any thinking Christian ought to be asking that. There's a prophecy in those words. Where is that Jerusalem going to be? Both of them convey that it was so large, even the angel bringing the information to John in the book of Revelation describes the same thing, an angel measuring this new Jerusalem, a land so large an angel was measuring it. It is not possible for us to fit what Isaiah and Micah prophesy into this little place called Jerusalem in the Middle East. But as long as the Christian is going to allow the enemy in their midst to define and program them into what is their biblical paradigm about Jerusalem and Israel, you can expect folly. Amen. We've chronicled here in these fellowships the records, the archaeological findings mm-hmm. about America's occupation, or at least there were people here. of Caucasian European persuasion dating back to the 11th and 7th centuries. I've even showed in these fellowship archives how Solomon's ships required some three years plus in order to make circuits. Where were they going? Where were those ships going? Well, a ship in that day and that time of that make and that caliber 
would have taken that long to have sailed to the North American continent and back to bring things back on it. And all I could think about this week was the story of Britain, America is so much akin to the story of Jeroboam and Rehoboam in 1 Kings 11 and 12. King George could not recognize the undue burdens that he placed on the colonial fathers for the maintenance of Britain's ungodly activities. And hence, American colonials rebelled against these ungodly edicts. And King George, just like Rehoboam, sought to make the burdens greater and even decreed from whom they must buy their tea from to the exclusion of all others because the East India Tea Company was instrumental in financing Great Britain's wars. Yeah. So when King George summoned British Israelites, many of them advised King George, leave the colonials alone. We make money from trade. Let us continue in trade with them. Let them tax their own. But King George, just as King Rehoboam, he didn't heed this counsel. And instead, he sought a decree to treat the colonists as enemies and declared them out of the king's protection. That was accomplished via the Prohibitory Act of December 1775. Did you ever hear of that in your history books? No, you did not. The reason you declare your independence to a candid world is because you are independent. The king declared them out of his protection. Google it. Prohibitory Act, December 1775. However, in America, history doesn't reflect a man like Shemaiah to meet King George in the way to advise him and the armies of Great Britain to return to their houses and not go and fight against their brethren, the children of Israel. And this should have already been well understood history of European and British Israel because of their knowledge of God and the Christian way in obedience to Jesus their King. But they didn't. And the reason they didn't know this is because they were being told by the Church of Rome and then the Church of England, don't read that Bible. You're not capable of understanding what's in that Bible. Only we learned to be the ones to read that Bible. But as blind and deaf, they went up against their brethren. I've got no doubt that it was because the tentacles of Jewish debt-based currency, contrary to God's law, had already taken its grip on England. And thus, 
Greater Britain. Rehoboam's arrival at Shechem for his coronation has its, its significance to no other but Jacob. Genesis 34. And that culminated in the Mount Ebal and Gerizim proclamations from his 12 sons to be blessed by Yahweh, or God, when obedience to his will and commands, and to be cursed by Yahweh, their God, when in disobedience to his will and commands. Find that also at Deuteronomy 27 and 28. And I find the similarities between story of, and remember, the story in First Kings was of God. He says so in the scriptures. Charter after charter, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, Celtic, kindred peoples, European peoples, began the greatest single mass migration to the North American continent, a land of believers, believers of Jesus, and they claimed for Jesus as disciples, meaning followers. They claimed for Jesus and by Jesus the land of, by, and for Jesus. Not of, by, and for we, the people. The Plymouth colonists dedicated their efforts for the kingdom of God. But that wasn't the case in the Jamestown settlements of Virginia. Oh, there were Christians in the Virginia Company, no doubt, but clearly, interest of the financial backers was preeminent in their settlement purposes. The house of Joseph represents Ephraim and Manasseh, and Ephraim and Manasseh represent England and America. Christians all over the world have no idea that America is in the Bible, or that England and Britain are in the Bible. Remember when Joseph managed Egypt through an economic crisis? It was a drought of significant global and regional of proportions. And Joseph's acumen for economic market preparedness 
and capitalization of goods and services for stability, strength, and posterity were on full display for us. It's just another story, though. It's America and Europe that represents this acumen through the seed of Manasseh and the seed of Ephraim and comprising less than 6% of the world's population. These peoples have churned out more than a quarter of the world output for nearly one and a half centuries. And this same industriousness is the same industriousness that you see in the 400-year history of the Israelites, Egypt. From Genesis 40 to the Exodus. You know, we see in Genesis 48, several millenniums removed from today, we find a prophecy that any Bible student should be at least modestly interested in its implications and significantly interested in its fulfillment. In that prophecy, we learn Manasseh and Ephraim are blessed by Jacob, verse 16, chapter 48. And they're to grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. That can't be insignificant. And probably equally not as insignificant, and perhaps symbolically, more significant, the tribe of Manasseh was divided by the Jordan River, part on the east side and part on the west side, exactly as England and America are positioned geographically on the globe. Yet, most professing Christians in America and Europe know little or nothing of America or Europe in the Bible. Are we to believe that God had no intention for the European files, nations, and lands, no intention for the North American continent? Oh, they'll point to divine intervention that certainly had to be here when this nation fought for its independence. 
But that ignores nearly 400 years of Israelite activity on the continent and the 500 years prior. on the world stage. We've got a series of messages, fellowship messages, titled, What People? What People? What People? I think it's seven or eight messages long. It actually has to go on, but I I stopped doing my notes and preparations for that. What people? I I think I've probably got a a notebook full of notes yet. To ask people, what people? What people? What people? What people would these people be? that all these things were said, that they would own the gates of their enemies. What people? No, today's American professing Christians seem to be bound to a duty to America's constitution more than a duty to God. And I clearly have repented for having believed the lie that this document, this constitutional document, was something to be revered. When we think back to the colonial period, the King James Bible itself was an attempt by King James to stifle The teachings of Martin Luther and John Calvin. What was that teaching? Placing God above kings and monarchs. Today's Christians still do not believe that as disciples of Christ, they are above kings and monarchs, providing they remained steadfast the will and the command of Jesus. They came to America for advancing the Christian faith of the call of God to be the light shining on the hill, not a land of religious freedom, but to practice it without persecution. Does the Christian know that in England, Puritan teaching constituted a national security threat? Because their demands for cultural, social, and religious reforms undermine the divine right of kings. But even as they sought refuge in the New England colonies, many of their hearts remain with the Mother Church of England.
what does God have to say? Ask? Are the ears opened and attempt on hearing? But if we believe that we're going to get back to God because we're going to get our election system corrected, don't get me wrong, that would be a great thing, I guess, if this election system was truly biblical. The Mayflower Compact, America's first governing document. The North American continent's first governing document. It has precedence over all other documents. I got an attorney who tells me during Lindell's thing that, that there's such a thing as the common law and the Magna Carta. Yeah, there is. In the days of the kings of England, we had those documents also. Did it stop them from obliterating the Magna Carta? Not in the least. The Puritan economic model was Second Thessalonians 3.10. If you don't work, you don't eat. America's model is, we'll pay you not to grow weak. We'll pay you to grow corn that we'll put in your fuel and it'll evaporate faster than petroleum. You'll pay a little bit more for it. But hey, don't worry about it. Putting farmers to work. The New England Puritans not only was that their economic model, they, they provided for people to work in their families long after. And they were quite guarded, in fact. They didn't like foreign intrusion, immigrants, and so forth, because this was all predicated on the family, the family unit. Everybody in the family worked. They had a shipping industry up and down the North uh, Atlantic seaboard, unlike any that had ever been thought of and dreamed of by the Chesapeake Bay colonies of Virginia. 
This is what made America great from 1600 to 1789. It is time for Americans to recognize that this Constitution, this idol, has given them everything that they have over them today. God said, Jesus told us, take my yoke. My yoke is light. My burdens are light. Isaiah chapter 41. Verse 8, but thou, O Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. God's a liar. You guys know that, I'm sure. Because Israel's lost. According to the church world. Chapter 43 in Isaiah, verse 10. You are my witnesses, says Yahweh, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am Yahweh, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says Yahweh, that I am Yahweh. Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Verse 22, but thou has not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou has been weary of me, O Israel. Thou has not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with an offering, nor weary thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with honey, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with your sins. Thou hast wearied me with your iniquities. I, even I, am he that blots out 
thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou, thou mayest be justified. Thy first father has sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Therefore, I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary and have given Jacob of the curse and Israel to reproach us. 44. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. Three times, right here in two chapters. Who is the servant? Who is the chosen? Thus says Yahweh that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground and will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Yeah, God's a liar. He didn't really mean any of that. Yes, be careful. (laughs) One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand under the under Yahweh and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus says Yahweh, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Verse 8. Fear you not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Hey, there is no God. I know not any. Yahweh does not lie. Chapter 45. That they may know from the rising sun, verse 6, and from the west, that there is none beside me. I am Yahweh, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, you heavens, from above, and let skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness spring up together. I, Yahweh, have created it. Woe unto him that strives with his maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the day, rather, the clay, say to him that fashioned it, What makes thou for thy work? He has no hands. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, verse 11. And his maker asked me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. I have made of the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hand, 
have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, says Yahweh of hosts. Of course, we know he is talking. His only begotten son. Verse 18, for thus says Yahweh that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am Yahweh and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not under the seed of Jacob, seek you me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. You know, when we're in Isaiah chapter 49, I had some thoughts on 48. God basically chronicles Israel's pertinent or obstinate disposition toward him. Then he offers a to abstain his anger. We know that Jeremiah told us in Jeremiah three eight that he divorced Israel, but once again God cannot lie. And he said all these things that I've spoken about Jacob Israel, and if he divorced Israel, and he did, Jeremiah 3.8, Jeremiah 31, then something's got to be happening, or something's in God's plan, something's in his mind that he intended to do in order to show his love. And to bring them back to him. And we've been studying that in fellowship series that we've had. Hosea, the prophet of the greatest love story of the ages. I think we've only got to chapter three in six or seven or eight fellowship messages there. 48.16, come you near unto me, hear you this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was. There am I, I am now, the Lord Yahweh and his spirit has sent me. Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee to profit, which leads thee by the way that thou should go. Oh, that thou had hearkened to my commandments. 
Then had thy peace been as a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Thy seed also had been as the sand and the offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go you forth of Babylon, flee you from the Chaldeans, where the voice of singing declare you, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. What? The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob? Surely it isn't so. I don't know. Like I said, Russell, I guess the answer to that question for me was probably found in Isaiah 26. I happened to stumble upon it. Did, did you hear? Have I, Go ahead. My soul have I desired thee in the night. So God is saying, with my soul, I've desired you, Jacob, in the night. With my spirit, he's seeking us, seeking Jacob Israel. And so many of these things are, this happens to be the prophet speaking about a mind being right on God. And he says, for when your judgments are in the earth, if our mind is right with God as the Puritan forefathers were, coming to the land, consecrating the land for the kingdom of Jesus, it'd be about the Father's will and the Father's business. And when those judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Everywhere you look all over the world, the inhabitants are not learning righteousness. They are learning everything the wicked desire them to learn. Yep. Go ahead, Russell. One of the officials of the administration, and I don't remember his name, announced that these anti-vaxxers are America's Taliban. Did you read that? Well, I didn't, but... It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. Surely... We've been told this Taliban is evil, evil, evil people. And basically, from what I can see, they just are rejecting Americanism. What's so evil about that? They don't want their women being lesbians. They don't want their men being queer. They, you know, what is it I'm supposed to like about this new America? 
you know, maybe this guy sees something. What what would have made me happier is if it had said that maybe these anti-vaxxers are the are the Israelites of old that followed God. You know, because they have a problem with that, don't they? They yes, have a they problem just, with God, God's word just, and His law. Just as I said about the King of England with regards to the Puritans. You see, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. It constituted a security threat. Now, as far as Afghanistan, um, if the people are drugged up and they don't want to defend their own their own liberty, their own uh, God created nature to not be oppressed by their fellow man that's got to burn within them and as long as America and England were exporting righteousness but as I've said before you know God's will will be done the fact that we think that we've got to do this and that and everything else in order to do it is just like just because our thinking our thinking is not his thinking our thinking is not his way uh-huh and of course then when you allow all this other stuff to to be filtered into the influences and you think oh you know we can we can make money over here, or we can do this, or you know, you have this this wicked individual over here pulling on you to do this, and pulling on you to go here, and pulling on you to go here. Yeah, you can get yourself involved in a whole lot of things that wasn't the original intention of the original mission, wasn't it? And we see right. that in our own family situations with our own children. If we've given in direction and so forth and whatnot, and and we see it being modified and and uh, changed in its scope and intent, we can see the whole thing coming completely off, and then wind up asking, "Well, how did this happen?" Well, I don't know. This led to that. That led to this. Well, gee, hmm, Shazam! What do we expect? So just because we have a servant's role and a servant's duty does not mean we're supposed to carry it out contrary to the will of God. But when we got a soldier saying to a man, you know, you're not here on time, and then the guy says, you know, if you were to give these guys a drug test, I don't think we could have 80% of them or whatever the percentage was as as men in the army, the Bible tells us that too. The watchman's not supposed to be impaired. He's supposed to sound the trumpet when the sword is on the move or on the way. We don't want a watchman sleeping or drugged up on dope or drinking the booze that the guy over the other side of the wall threw over to you. 
So no, I don't know anything about the Afghanis. But I know this much. You've got to have a fire in your belly in order to desire and have the will to fight against those who will kill you and oppress you. And I don't see that fire. I don't see that. I don't see that fire in Americans either. Amen. And I feel oppressed when somebody wants to force me to take poison. I, I can't think of a better oppressive technique than forcing me to take poison. So let's get this straight. Who's doing the oppressing here? You know what I'm saying? Who's taking over this D.C.? You know what I'm saying? Do you understand this? Absolutely. You sure do. This is unheard of. A man is arrested for saying the word nigger. Guess what? He was a policeman, a black policeman. Now, you can say anything you want about Jesus Christ, any derogatory term you want to dream up in Hollywood or anywhere, in the schoolroom, anywhere. And you think you'll get arrested? You'll get praised. In any of these inner city schools, Allah is the big deal, you know. We mustn't offend Allah, and we must never say the N-word because they own it. But we can say anything that fits our fancy derogatory about Jesus Christ or God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So things are out of kilter, aren't they, amongst his people? And and I know not nothing about the Taliban other than what the same bunch that told us the election results were. That's all I know. That's all the people that give me news or bit shoot or or sack ops operation on the internet or these nutcase zombies like Zuckerberg and all of them. So I don't know who the Taliban is. I don't. But I know one thing. Why were we there? It has not been spelled out or defined. We know we went to Iraq because they had all these nuclear weapons. But the night before we got there, they drove them all over to Syria and dumped them out. We know we've been lied to from the get-go, don't we? Don't we know that? To to not understand we've been lied to is to be a zombie idiot and having faith in the unreal. You know? I was listening to a guy on the news tonight talk about the... uh, the security force that we were building up over there for the last 20 years that caved like a like a folded suit. They said that um, they would take and they would send 14 brand new Hummers to the border, and only 12 of them disappeared. 
before they ever got there. And they used to put billions and billions of dollars into that place all the time. And they had um, one of the commanders, they figured, had a thousand ghost soldiers that he took their paycheck, but they never showed up for anything. You know, God said, don't tattoo your body, didn't he? It's in the book. It's black and white. Don't do it. I have yet to see a veteran come from the Middle East that wasn't tatted like a billboard from a Java club on the island of of Samoa. Now, I ask myself, what is motivating them to do this? What spirit is motivating them to paint all this crap all over their body? Well, you you probably say, what difference does it make? It's something weird, isn't it? Isn't it something unexplainable? Why you would put palm leaves all over your arms and legs? And and is this is this the culture of macho? Is this what our forces are? <clears throat> So what I'm saying here is, who's on the right side? I know what we've been told. We're supposed to stand and and wave at old glory. And by golly, we must realize this election was fraudulent. It's illegitimate. It's fake. And that means all the edicts and proclamations and laws and bullcrap news is fake. It's whatever they want it to be. To trap and find out who are the people that are going to stand up to us. Because you know and I know, all you guys listening, if they came out and said, we're going to have to punch one eye out of everybody in America to make this virus go away. There would be people standing in line to get the eye punched out, wouldn't there? If you had Fauci spin it just right, this whole thing comes from one eye and it's got to go. And until we punch out everybody's left eye, this thing's just going to get worse. Well, Well, what do we know about this poison they're shooting in these people? Oh, what's the difference between losing an eye and rearranging your DNA? I mean, there's some similarities there, isn't there? And you know, when they went out to the to the villages to announce this, it says, I think it says, a lot of people contemplated it. Okay, that's all it's going to take to get peace. And I don't remember if it was David or or Saul. We're not punching out anybody's eye. We're fixing to go kill you. And that is what we ought to be saying to these Fauciites. We are going to annihilate you, liar, murder, but... 
the uh, just kind of fly under the radar, don't we? And I don't mean that I'm any better than anybody else. I'm giving a condition, a state of a condition. This nut has stood up there for over a year now, lying at every turn. We tolerate it, don't we? The American people tolerate liars. That is a no-no. They tolerate murderers. Yeah, well, yeah, the whole bad lawbreakers we tolerate. Yeah. Yeah, and we tolerate, we tolerate psychopaths. You can't describe a pedophile any better than the word psychopath. You could actually take that to a sodomite because nothing about a sodomite makes sense. Uh, scientifically, it doesn't help the race at all. It doesn't help mankind at all. It destroys mankind. And yet I'm told to love the sinner and hate the sin. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's easy. We'll just love the sinner and hate the sin. And let them keep on sinning. Hosea chapter 14. O Israel, return unto unto Yahweh thy God, for thou hast fallen by thy iniquity. Take with you words and turn to Yahweh. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render calves upon our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods, for in thee thy fatherless find mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from them. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread as his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. For me is thy fruit found. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things, prudent, and he shall know them. The ways of Yahweh are right, and the just shall walk in them. Transgressors shall fall therein. Now, when you think back to the judges, Um, throughout all the judges, there. So oftentimes, I think we miss that there are pages 
devoted to the problems and the errors. And the good years, I, I forget the number of years now, but I want to say, um, you know, it's like a 70-30 split or something like that, you know, 70% of good good years of, of proper righteous living compared to 30% of unrighteous. And yet in those, in those pages, you'll find more scriptures devoted to the unrighteous activity than you do to the righteous. And, you know, I've often said, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. That ought to tell you something. Well, he wants you to listen twice as much as you talk. And so when we read those words with our eyes, you know, we've got two eyes and one mouth, so we ought to be able to perceive more and see more from those words than than what we would, you know, talk out of our mouth. And in America, America is full of people talking about everything under the sun. Like Henry David Thoreau said, there's a... There, for every thousand hacking at the, there's a thousand hacking at the branches to, to one hacking at the root. And I thought of this whole money situation, you know, as part of this whole thing. And I, I don't, I'm not going to go off into, you know, the essence of money here one more time or anything. Um, clearly, there's more that could be said, but when you go back, I was reading out of a a book by um, author. Um, see if I can. Yeah, Gwendolyn Gwendolyn Leak or Like L E I C K, page eighty-eight to eighty-nine. This is what is quoted there. They, and this is the Babylonians. They would squeeze from the primary producers as much return as possible. Such capitalist practices contributed to the impoverishment of the farming population. More and more producers lost control over their means of production by having to sell their fields, boats, livestock, and enter into a surf-like dependency on their creditors." the Babylonian commercial system is 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 what Jacob Israel, Ephraim Manasseh, has once again engaged in. And it's leading to their destruction. And until they can recognize and understand, and you know, thirty years ago when I started when I recognized this and, and I, I'm not patting myself on the back, but as a 20-something-year-old man, when I recognized the money and how much that money was going to be the root of so many issues and so many problems, I wanted to do something about it. And to this day, here I am now 40 years, and I see that exactly what I knew and understood in my early 20s, I know clearly to still be the problem. There is not a thing 
not only have Israelites in America and Europe learned to live in um, or what do you want to call it? You know, uh, I'm looking for the word and I'm drawing it. Huh? Responsibly? Yeah, I, I was looking for short-term gratification. I used to do something. I used to show on the, while I was doing the workshops, I would show people. I'd say, even the IRS themselves claims that Americans live by short-term gratification. And in doing so, they amass debts too large to pay. Well, this is the same thing that was going on in ancient Israelite times. They could go to these money lenders at these sun god temples and so forth, and they could get this money to live in this short-term gratification, and their properties would gradually be seized. And they wouldn't even have to invade Israel's territories with an army because the debt levels became unsustainable. The foreigners would again own everything. And that captivity would be upon us. But see, they don't look at these people who have amassed these fortunes as enemies of God and enemies of themselves. Bringing them into this economic captivity. Gideon himself in Judges 6, he was threshing wheat by the wine press because he didn't want those Midianites having it. It's a... And again, the law of God. Take no user of your brother. You know, in that book, I've realized that there are some interest in those days was 20 to 30%. And we've seen those days here in America, but people have forgotten them. See, we're all owned now, so now we can lower the interest rate to 3 or 4 or 5%. And the people think they're getting a good deal, but they've already stole the wealth at 12, 14, 16, 18, and 20%. I remember financing a 25-unit apartment building at 12% interest. I felt it was good that I got 12 because I didn't have to pay the 14%. Anyhow, I've gone too long. I think we've really got some prayers that we need to bring to the table. First one I have is, Father, thank you. Thank you for opening your treasure trove of wisdom, showing us our captivity. 
exposing the evil, wicked doers all around us. Every single aspect of the evil, it seems insurmountable, Father. But I tell you what, you appeared to me and told me to march around with a teacup in my hand, with a fire in it. I'd do it. I would do it. But I would remember that you brought great destruction once before upon the wicked. Just such a battle plan. Father, I don't know when you're going to reveal your battle plan. I'd like to believe that there's something that I could do to change something, something I could do, and that, in fact, my problem is I'm just not doing it. Father, if that was the case, I need you to reveal it. What I see in your record isn't going to be by my weapon. It isn't going to be by my prowess. I'm going to get salvation. will be from you. Salvation Amen. from all the wickedness. Salvation from all the economic oppression. Salvation from all the evildoers. Inspiring mm-hmm. on their beds all night. So they have caused one of yours to stumble. Father, I thank you for all that you've done closing the wicked. Pray. People are seeing it, opening their eyes, and they're hearing with their ears your words. What is necessary to bring righteousness back into the land and your judgments out? so that the whole world will know righteousness. Yep. I thank you, Father, for these times. You don't seem comfortable. I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about children's children, that they might be carried off into a foreign captivity from this land of blessing and plenty. For your purposes. Can't help think about that and think how I don't want that. It will be done. That is what I do know. Your will will be done. Lord, I have to say I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I have to apologize to you. 
on behalf of this nation for not even not one not one of the leadership has said let's pray to God to deliver us from this this plague I have not heard it a leader in the nation offer you as a cure for the problem Lord for that I'm sorry I I hope that some will do that I know it hurts that they completely ignore you in this time of need so I'll do it right now Lord please for those that are yours and have contracted this this horrible plague, I pray that you would bring them healing and deliver them from this monstrous thing, whatever it is. And then when they they get through it, they thank God for getting through it. Not anything smart about man. We just thank, thank God. You got us through it. And I know, Lord, you've taken care of this family and watched over us mightily. So for that, I'm very thankful. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name, I proclaim it and say it. Amen. All right, brother. After nine, after the top of the hour, appreciate you spending some time with me thinking about God and Creator. Well, good Thank night you, all. Doug. Thank you for bringing God into the conversation. Good night, all. Good time around. Adios. Good night.